0: I would appreciate it. I want you to open your Bible to Joshua again this morning, Joshua chapter three, and we will I tell you what. Daniel, would you come back just a minute? I, I want you to help me. I know you have to go somewhere. I need you to read a passage of Scripture for me in just a moment. I'm going to about that too. professional people there in the church and the military government workers and people that were far ahead of me where I was in different areas. And so I found uh, uh, one of my friends in the church there was a, a uh, an officer in the army. And we became good friends and he knew a lot more about leadership and organization than I did. And so I asked him if he could come into my office once a week, and give me about an hour, and just talk to me about leadership. And I would have some questions, and maybe just give him a category, and anything else he wanted to give me, you know, and just kind of mentor me and, and leadership and organization and those types of things. Uh, some of those things you, you learn by watching people, but some of them were just things that I had not been taught. And so once a week, my friend would come in. I had a, a little notebook that I kept. I kept it in the left top uh, uh, drawer of my desk, and he would come in, I'd pull that out, and I would take notes. And God used this precious man to make a, a tremendous impact in my life. Well, one of the things that's very popular today is, is podcasts, you have blogs, and people are talking about coaching, not in an athletic way, but people are trained to be coaches in life. Um, uh, mentors as such Uh, some of my favorite mentors are dead you say how can you be a dead mentor Well, they're writers they write books and uh, biographies and other other such and so these people uh, emphasize different truths and they help us in, in weak areas so if you had the opportunity to have access to an expert in a specific area in your life what would it be and you could just sit down with them for, you know, an hour for, for one year and just pick their brain and, and, and have a notebook like I did and maybe keep it in, in one place. What would that be? Have you ever thought about that? Well, the truth is you can do it. And you ought to have a growth plan for your life and say, I'm going to grow in that particular area. I've tried to do that for, for most of my life. I, I was doing it and didn't know it. And it became a very formal thing. Well, what if, what if we even even uh, pulled that even tighter in, in the spiritual realms of your life? And you were going to, to gain some, some help and some, some, some energy and some strength in your spiritual life. Uh, what would that look like? Well, here before us is a passage of Scripture. We're going to read some verses, some new verses. I know you're glad for that, but there's so much here. And there's a story... That gives us some practical principles on how that we can accomplish the will of God for our lives. Or maybe you're just in a in an area of life where where things aren't working and you're facing a struggle. Well this is a wonderful passage, and I want to Daniel to come up here and I want you to read this Daniel Joshua chapter three and verse one and then verses five through 17, 3, one and five through seventeen.
1: And they removed from Shechem and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. Verse 5. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant, and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come, the brink of the water of Jordan shall stand still in Jordan. Mm. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither, and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua Mm. said, Hereby... You shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now, therefore, take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man, and it shall come to pass. As soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon the heat. And it came to pass when the people removed their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the ark were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overflowed all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose upon him in heat very far from the city of Adam that is beside Zaretan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan.
0: Thank you, Brother Daniel. I appreciate that. Uh, Now you'll understand why I wanted him to read to save my voice a little bit. I know in that one second you kept waiting for him to say the termites, didn't you? With all the ites in there that he was taking care of. Well, if you live long enough, you're going to come to some difficult circumstances in your life. You're going to have an adversity, and you're going to need the Lord to help you. Uh, You have two choices in life. You're either going to be a a victor or you're going to be a victim. You're going to feel acted upon, or you're going to be able to to push through that with the help of the power of God. Now, we've discovered uh, three principles thus far. In this passage, I just want to mention them very quickly. The first principle we've looked at is when we follow God's direction, we always find God's best. And we learned that in verse 1 when it says that Joshua got up early in the morning. He was seeking the face of God through prayer and Bible reading and worship. Whenever you follow God's direction, you find God's best. The second principle we learned is this, is God will not show you the next step Until you obey the light He has given to you right now. Uh, Why should God show you what you're supposed to do tomorrow if you're not going to do what He tells you to do today? And then the third principle we've looked at in this passage is that God will only do what He can do when you consecrate your life fully to Him. That's seen in verse 5 when uh, He told them to sanctify yourselves. Tomorrow the Lord will do wonders wonders among you. Uh, Idea of of wondrous things, significant things, amazing things, but you have to sanctify, you have to consecrate yourselves. God will only do what he can do when you consecrate your life fully to him and to his purpose. And now we come to this uh, principle, very, very important, that you must trust God to do what you cannot do. You must trust God to do what you cannot do. Now, <clears throat> God will always ask you to do some things that you cannot do. And one of the most important words in the Bible is the word faith, the word trust. And in the last part of the story, as we read here, you were reading along with Daniel. You saw how that these people, the priests and the people, how that they trusted God, and God provided them. Your response to God will determine whether you please Him or not. How how I respond to God, how you respond to God. There's a wonderful verse in Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 6. Here's what the Bible says. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. This is God. It's impossible to please God without faith. You don't please God just by coming to church. You don't please God just by reading your Bible. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. God honors those that seek him and you will not seek him unless you believe that he is worth seeking. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now there are a lot of good definitions of, of faith. My favorite definition is just one word, it's resting. It's resting. But there is also another good synonym for faith, and that is acting. Faith is not just a noun, it is a verb. You read the book of Hebrews, the hall of faith. And all of these great men and women in Hebrews, they were doing something. They were obeying God. Faith and obedience go together. Someone said this. That faith is doing everything that I can do. And trusting God to do what I cannot do. now in a sense, my whole life... And my whole ministry is oriented around the faith principle. My whole life is given to faith. And it's given to faith in God, the object of my faith. The Bible says in Psalm 78 and verse 41, they, speaking of Israel, they turned back and tempted God. Listen to this. And they limited, they limited the Holy One of Israel. You see that? I've often wondered if we'll get to heaven and we will be able to realize at least for, for a part of the time it wouldn't be heaven if we knew this the whole time. The things that we could have done and we should have done, but we limited God and the, the way they tempted God in the wilderness was through their unbelief. It's a serious, it's a serious sin to have unbelief. Faith is doing everything that I can do and trusting God to do what I cannot do. So after 40 years of wandering in the desert, now they're at the the edge of the Jordan River. And it's showtime. I mean, here it is. They talked about it for a while. But they've got to cross the river. So in verse 5, God has a word unto the people. And Joshua said unto the people... In verse 6, Joshua talks to the priest, and Joshua spake unto the priest. And notice what he says to the priest. Joshua spake unto the priest, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and pass over before the people, go in front of the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. Now, leaders always go first. Leaders always step out in faith first. Now, why is faith important? Let me give you a couple of thoughts this morning. I'll go as long as I can. And don't let that scare you because I can't go long, okay? Uh, First of all, faith is required for God's purpose in your life. Every person in here, you you have a divine purpose that God created you. He put it in you when you were born. But you will never fulfill that purpose without faith. Faith is required for you to accomplish God's assignment in your life. Now, in this particular reference I'm about to read to you, it has to do with Joshua's purpose.
1: But it also
0: has to do with with your purpose because God requires that we have faith. And part of that faith is in fulfilling God's purpose, God's assignment for my life. I will never know the will of God for my life without faith because because the will of God always stretches me. You know, if you knew what God wanted you to do, it would scare you. It's always beyond what you can do. It stretches you. Faith is required for God's purpose for your life. Look at these simple words there in verse 6 again. Verse 6. Joshua spake unto the priest, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, pass over before the people. They took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. There's 34 words there. 34. 24 of those words are monosyllables. Most of those words are monosyllables, just one syllable. A very simple statement. But in this short statement, it's packed with meaning. Listen, an obedience to a small command brings a powerful result in your life. When God tells you to go meet someone, when you have a meeting, when you listen to a sermon and you act upon it, I believe in my heart this is one reason that church attendance is so important. Because the sermon that is preached, the Bible study that is held, your life group will never be held in that way exactly again. I've said this through the years about our services here. We'll never have another service exactly like this. When you say, well, obviously. Well, it's just a lot more serious than that. The truths that are given will never be proclaimed exactly like that. And it it could address the future of the kind of parent you are, the kind of son you are, the kind of spouse you are, the kind of laborer you are at work and in the kingdom of God. And we become spiritual pygmies because of the matter of God's purpose and our life is thwarted because we do not have faith. And we end up trying to accomplish something that God said, no, I want you to trust me. This is going to stretch you. That boss that you're wrestling with at work, God put him there in your life for a reason. You see, God's will, listen, listen to me, God's will is you before it's a task. It's not something you check off at it's you. It's, it's the work he's doing in you. God cares more about the kind of person you are. And He brings you into situations to develop Christ-likeness and resilience and kindness and joy. And God has provided for those things in your life. Faith is required for God's purpose in your life. Now, I want you to see what happened when the leader obeys God. This is Joshua. This is, this is tucked away, but it's easy to read over really quick. Notice in verse 7 of Joshua 3. The Lord said unto Joshua, This day, now what is this day when they cross Jordan? They've sanctified themselves. They've consecrated themselves as a nation. He says, Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee. Joshua, I'm going to magnify you today in the sight of all Israel, that they, the people you're leading, may know that as I was with Moses, that's pretty, that's pretty tall cotton right there, that, I, that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. He was talking about the Red Sea. When God parted the Red Sea, now He's going to part the Jordan. And what he was going to do, listen, he was going to give Joshua a leadership credential. And he says, I'm going to magnify. The word magnify means to honor, to promote, to increase, to advance. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to give you a leadership credential that you could get no other place. You could go to the Harvard Business School. You could go to the most prestigious place on the planet and get your Ph.D., and you you will not get the leadership credential to do the work of God and be a man of God or woman of God like you will. When you have faith, God will provide for your credentials. I think sometimes people want their credentials so bad they're forgetting that it's God that gives you the credentials this this was such a seminal moment in joshua's leadership that he if he missed it he would not have had he would not have had the credibility to have led the people god said i'm going to magnify you like the people respected moses he said the people are going to respect you now my my friend listen you you may not Part the Red Sea, you may not part the Jordan River, but when you obey God and you trust God, God gives you credentials. You're in chapter 3, turn over one page to chapter 4, Joshua chapter 4, and look at verse 14. Joshua chapter 4 and verse 14. On that day, that's the day when God parted The Jordan River. The Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they feared him. They respected him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. You see that? The Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. Joshua thereby commanded the priests, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. Came to pass that when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord would come up out of the midst of Jordan, <clears throat> and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned into their place and flowed over all his banks as they did before. God interrupted his own laws of nature that he had stamped into creation for His purposes and His glory. He may not do it that way. That's up to Him. But God says this. He says, listen, He said, I want to give you the credentials that you need. What is your assignment that God has called you to? By faith, obey Him. He will provide for you and give you what you need to do His will, it it is your obedience, it's your faith that equips you for your assignment. I am not, I know sometimes it sounds like I'm I'm anti-education, I'm not. I'm not anti-talent, I'm not anti-personality, I'm not anti-those things. I'm just pro-God, I'm pro-obedience, I'm pro-faith. And your source, when you get laid off, is God. Your source, when you have a job, is God. Your source when you're healthy is God. Your source when you're sick is God. Your source when your marriage is well is God. Your source when your marriage is struggling is still God. Your source is God. That's what the Bible is teaching here. Lean into your faith. The second thing I want to say about faith here is that faith is based on God's word. Faith is based on God's word, not your feelings, not how you feel. Most of us we we have a, we have a good feeling about something. Then we feel I, I have a good feeling about this. God's going to do something. Look, there's times when I didn't have a good feeling, but I knew I should do it. Some of you bless your heart. You. You you struggle with your salvation because you don't feel saved. Well, I'm not not making fun of you, but what does it mean to feel saved? What does it mean to feel saved? Faith is based on God's Word. Look at verse 7 in our passage here in Joshua chapter 3 and verse 7. And the Lord said unto Joshua, the Lord said unto Joshua, look at verse 8. He told Joshua, Thou shalt command the priest. Look at verse 9. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Hear the words of the Lord your God. You cannot miss this. It's impossible to miss this. Everything they did was based on the words of God. So when someone tells you, well, what you're doing doesn't make sense. No it doesn't, but God told me to do it and here's a biblical incident, here's the biblical principle that told me to do it. Sometimes God will ask you to do something that that is strange and it and it doesn't make sense. In fact, it it, def, it defies common sense. But my resource is not is not my job, it's not the church my methods don't may not seem right the people involved may not be sufficient but god, listen here's what i know god can do for me in 1 minute what i can accomplish in a lifetime you believe that god can do for you in 1 minute what you cannot accomplish in a lifetime you need to come to the place in your life where when God tells you to do something, you say yes, sir. You don't vacillate about it, you just say yes, sir. As I've grown older and um, uh, sometimes Paul and I will have conversations about obedience in every church that that we have been a part of. And I know I know one reason why. It's To say I don't know the reason, I know one reason why, but I know all the reasons. But every church that God has had us to to be a part of has had financial trouble. Every one of them. I don't mean they had it after I came, but when I got there, they had financial trouble. We're struggling. And and it was hard. And I'll be frank, we we didn't we didn't we didn't make money. I mean we we sometimes you get paid. And God God purified our motives about why we're there. And I think one reason was God wanted me to experience that so I could help other preachers, preachers of small churches to encourage them and let them know, hey, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right, you can do this. God will take care of you and let me experience some things and tell them some stories of how God has provided for me and my family. God's going to take care of you. The Bible teaches that that he will honor you as you trust in his word. When the angel came to see Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, I remember when we were in there in, in Nazareth, where Mary was from, they said this is the traditional site where Gabriel came to speak to Mary about being the mother of Christ, and, and there's good reason for it. It's the, only, it's the only well in Nazareth. There's only one well in Nazareth. This is it. And so it's probably the site. And I remember standing there and saying, This is incredible. This is where Mary was standing and the angel talked to her. Something very interesting happened. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. That's what the angel said. You see that verse, do you believe that? Do you believe that? For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now, it doesn't say nothing shall be impossible. Now, in these little motivational courses, they say if the mind can conceive it, and you believe it, anything's possible. Well, that's not true. I'm, I am not playing in the NBA. Okay? But in terms, within the parameters of the will of God, with God, nothing shall be impossible. They just told her, That she was going to have a baby, and she had never known a man. She was a virgin. And she was going to have the Christ child, the Messiah. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. That means a servant of the Lord. It's the lowest level of being a servant. I am the servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. You see that? Be it unto me according to thy word. She submitted herself to the will of God and unto the word of God. Those are one and the same. I believe that's when I believe that's when she became pregnant. Right there. Be it be it unto me according to thy word. Not according to what I want. I, I didn't want to miss paychecks. I'd a whole lot rather I had better cars than those clunkers we drove, but that wasn't God's plan for my life. God's plan for my life was to go through some things so that I could speak hope. You know, somebody said one time, Idealism increases in direct proportion from your distance from the problem. Idealism increases in direct proportion to your distance from the problem. So what happens sometimes is when you're not experiencing the problem, it's just easy to tell people. Well, well, why don't you just do this? And then once you get the facts, oh, 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 I, I see. I, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't have those pieces of information. I, I didn't know that. Um, one of my kids put up something on Facebook the other week that quoted, quoted me in a sermon that said, "Don't speak until you understand." I guess I said that in the sermon. Don't speak until you understand. And I think that's a good thing to do. We wouldn't say very much, would we? (laughs) Because we sure do talk a lot. Well, I tell you one thing, I'll tell you what I'd do. Well, if that was my kid, I'd tell you what I would do. Well, if I was married to him, I'd tell you what I'd do. Well, you're not. Be it unto me according to thy word. And notice this final word Joshua has of the priest there in verse 8. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, when you are come to the brink of the water, right to the edge. Now look at this. ye shall stand still in Jordan. Now you remember, I think it's in verse 15, that Jordan was in flood stage. I want you to come up right to the brink, right to the edge, and I just don't. I don't want you to just stand there. I want you to stand still. Now, these are the words of God. This is the word of God. This is the will of God for these guys. Remember when Moses uh, got to the Red Sea, and he had on these sides were mountains. This side, if you looked to his left, there were mountains. If looked to his right, there were mountains. Back where the Egyptians that wanted to kill him before him was the Red Sea. Everywhere was death. You know what God told Moses? Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. The word salvation in the Bible means to be delivered from danger. God's going to deliver you. But here's what I want you to do. Don't be afraid. And here's how you're going to prove you're not afraid. Just stand still. Which the Lord will show you today for the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord, look, the Lord shall fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. My dad would tell me many times. I'd come up against something hard in ministry. I'd call my dad. Well, it's hard, Dad. He said, Son, you just keep loving people, helping people love God. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. You know what he was telling me? Just stand still. Don't be afraid. Just stand still. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 25, The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. What are you waiting on today? What are you waiting on? On the other side of something really good, but God, it's part of God's will for your life. These are God's words. Just stand still. Before they saw the miracle, they had to just stand still. They had to wait hard. Boy, it's hard to wait. And God does His best plowing in my life when I have to wait. Oswald Chambers said, Faith never knows where it is being led, <coughs> but it knows and loves the One who is leading. Faith never knows where it is being led, but it knows and loves the one who is leading. And that's it. I don't need to know the answer as long as I know who's giving me the answers. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. This is the ways of God. I mean, my flesh, I want to know the answer. God says, no, I'm not going to give you the answer. You trust me. Our tendency is to walk by sight and not by faith. God says, no, this is not my kingdom. I want you to walk by faith and not by sight. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. The word substance means an assurance, a confidence. It means something that is solid. I know, I know. Faith is a substance. This is a substance. The word hoped for is an expectation. It's what I'm trusting for. I have a hope. Hope is a good word. Substance is my dream. The hope is what I'm expecting. The evidence is a proof. Where's the proof? The evidence of things not seen. Well, I don't see it yet. But God will give me the proof. Some of you are waiting. You're waiting for something. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Just trust God for it. If God puts you there, He's resting. just, Just trust God for it. I love this Verse. If you haven't ever written this first down, you need to write it down meditate on it this week. Psalm 27 and verse 13. Psalm 27, 13. I had fainted, I had gotten discouraged and quit, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. you see that? I had fainted unless I had seen, I had believed to see. The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have quit unless I had faith to see the goodness of God provide for me. In nineteen ninety-nine, John F. Kennedy Jr. took off from New York City where he lived at to his family home, um, the Kennedy compound there in Massachusetts. He had his wife Carolyn on board and Carolyn's sister. There were three on board. He was a licensed pilot, but he had never got all of his uh, approvals and instrumentation, so he he didn't really know how to fly with by instrument. He 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 could fly by sight. Well, they had bad weather, and so they kept putting the the takeoff. And he took off after dark. That was mistake number one. And that was enough. He should not have taken off. And it was not that long of a flight from New York as you go across the sound to Massachusetts there. We've been there, to both those places. And then his plane went down. And they searched for him. Some of you will remember when this happened. And his uncle Ted went out on the boat when they... They found it, and they helped bring the plane and the bodies up. The crash was caused by disorientation from flying over open water without any landmarks of visible horizon. He was trusting his feelings rather than the, the instruments. He didn't know how to do that. Because what looked like, what looked like, he kept looking for landmarks, and, it, well, that's just dark, I'll keep flying He was flying to his death. He was flying right into the water. He was flying to his death. Because you've got to trust your instruments. That's what it means to live by faith. You're going against everything that you feel. Everything that you feel is the right thing to do. Four times in the Bible, this phrase is used. The just shall live by faith. We're not just saved by faith, we live by faith. Romans 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the power of God and salvation. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Justified people, saved people are to live by faith. By faith, You're not just saved by faith, you serve by faith, you live by faith. Are you living by faith? When was the last time you did something by faith? The last time you were stretched. Romans chapter 8 and verse 24, For we are saved by hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that, we see not, then do we with patience, wait for it. Then you know you're hoping because you don't see it and you're having to wait. You have to wait for it. And when it's not easy to obey, you know that I'm having to wait on God. Paul and I were talking about this verse a couple of months ago when Thomas came to Jesus and he had been doubting and Jesus told Thomas in John 20:29 20, Thomas because thou hast seen me thou hast believed blessed 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 are they that have not seen and yet have believed God has a special blessing on people they just trust him they trust his word Look at verse 9 of chapter 3 in Joshua. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 9. As Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that He will without fail drive out from among before you all of these enemies. And He gives these peoples. These people were... They were a rough bunch, powerful nations, perennial pests and enemies: the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergesites, Amorites, the Jebusites. If you're familiar with the Old Testament, they troubled Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter seven and verse one, the Bible says, "When the Lord thy God shall shall bring thee into the land whither thou shalt go to possess it, and has cast out many nations before thee." The Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Look at this. Speaking to Israel, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. It takes, it takes humility to trust God sometimes. And then in Joshua chapter 21, and verse 43, notice this. And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which He swore to give unto their fathers. And they possessed it, and dwelt therein. And the Lord gave them rest, rest, roundabout, according to all that He swore unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. And the Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord has spoken unto the house of all Israel, all, all came to pass. All came to pass. In Joshua chapter 23 and verse 14, And behold, this day I am going the way of This is Joshua's last words to the nation. He's about to die. And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you. Not one thing hath failed thereof. He says it two times. He never fails. What are you trusting God for? What does God want you to do? But you're just holding back. God wants to do something with your life. Exodus chapter three and verse eight. This was to Moses. God told Moses, "And I am come down to deliver them. This is His people out of the hands of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land. This is the promised land, a large, unto land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites." Moses never got to experience that, but Joshua did. Maybe my kids, my grandkids will be able to do some things that I never got to do. Maybe some of my great grandkids. You get a big picture about this. Exodus chapter 23 and verse 27. God told Moses, I will send my fear before thee. And will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thine enemies, speaking to Moses, turn their backs unto thee. And he says, I will send hornets before thee. God's kind of creative, isn't he? I will send hornets from before thee. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year. Now look at this. I'm not going to do this overnight. Because if I did that, the land would be desolate and the beasts of the field would multiply against thee. It it has an issue with the crops. It has an issue with the land. God has a purpose for the way He does things in His timing. I will not do this before thee in one year. By little and little, I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. He told Moses that and that's the way He did it with Joshua. For some of you, God may use a Red Sea. He may do it through a a Jordan River. But for most of us, He's going to do it a one year or ten year or little by little. But He, it, nevertheless, how He does it, you trust Him and believe Him that He's doing what He says He's doing. <coughs> Here's a summary of it all. I'll, I'll give this verse and we'll close. In Psalm 44 is both a, a passage of encouragement and a, and a passage of discouragement all in one. Psalm 44 and verse 1. Notice what the writer says, We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us. That means mamas and daddies, grandmas and grandpas, you need to pass on what God has done in your life. Psalm 78, Deuteronomy 6. Tell your kids the works of God. What work thou didst in their days in the days of old? How thou didst. Notice this is all past tense though. How thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand, and plantest them. How thou didst afflict the people, and cast them out. For they got... Now, we need to see God do something today. For, now, here's what I want you to see. For they got not the land in possession, this is Joshua, by their own sword. Neither did their own arm save them by the right hand. in thine arm, in the light of thy countenance... Pay attention to this church. Because thou hast a favor unto them. It's not by your intelligence. It's not by your swords. It's not by the strength of your arm. It's because of God's favor. Because of God's grace. God loves you. And He has given you His word. And He has given you an assignment. He's given you a purpose. And you're never going to know that assignment apart from faith. And if I were you, I would get in the Word of God and I would dig in it and I would become so familiar with the Word of God so that I would know the will of God. And I would begin to trust God. Say, God, tell me what to do. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. When was the last time? You exercise faith and please God. The last time, in any venture, in any venture. What are you asking to do? What are you asking God to do in your family? In your life. God wants you to ask Him to do something. James chapter four and verse two says, You have not because you ask not. Should bag your heads with me if you would.